Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast with Dr. David O. Ogaga. When Paul is speaking in Romans 14, 17, the kingdom is not meat and drink. It's not dealing with material provisions in creation. And I'm still going to prove that further. Okay, let me see, give you some point as to the proof of his commitment to his people. Can we turn to Psalm 37, verse 23? Down to 25. Psalm 37, 23 to 25. Psalm 37. A further proof of the commitment of God and evidence of what I'm talking about. Psalm 20, 37. Are we together? I'm reading from 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighted in his way. The step of who? Of a good man. Now you must understand when we talk about good man, he's simply the man that have believed in the Lord. Not by any descriptive thing that anybody can give to you. But he who walks in the light of God's spirit. Is that okay? Step of a good man. Or you just like saying the step of a righteous man. Are ordered of the Lord. Verse 24. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Can I hear any man to that? It is possible to fall, but you are not going to be there forever. He will also uphold you. He will also pick you from where you are falling from or falling to. He will, he will raise you again and cause you to sit up or stand up. He shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholded him with what? With his hand. You must understand that. That there's a possibility to fall, fine. But you're not going to remain there. God himself has a way of lifting you. Okay, verse 25. I've been young. And now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Can I hear any man? Nor his seed doing what? Begging bread. I have not seen it. David is speaking. I have not seen it. I was young since I started growing and since I believed, since I, I began to watch what God does, I've never seen him forsake his people, neither allow his people's children to do what? To beg for bread. That means bread is, is, is provided by God. Amen? Uh, meaning, I want you to catch what I'm dealing with. The kingdom is not meat and drink. That is bread. Am I right? Okay, automatically from this scripture, it means the kingdom is also including what? Bread. Am I right? So we need to find out what is the meat and drink, which is not the kingdom. That's where we're going to. But I'm laying a foundation so that your mind can be open to receive what I'm going to be sharing in this regard. As the Lord begins to reveal it to me. So here God is making us understand that he will, verse 26, he's ever merciful and lended, and his seed is blessed. In other words, the righteous man is ever merciful and lended. How is he coming to the place of mercy? Because he has no provision to give to people who I need. Hallelujah. Are you, are you catching this? The righteous man whose seed doesn't bear bread is ever merciful. What does that mean? He has more than enough to give to those who are 
in need. And that is somebody who is in the kingdom. He said, he's ever merciful. He landed and he seed his word is blessed. So there is nothing to prove that the kingdom does not attract blessings or prosperity or provisions of life. That's what I'm trying to say. So that by the time I begin to touch what meat and drink means, it will be easy for you to understand. I'm trying to lay background for you to understand this. God is making provision for his people. The kingdom is a place where you have to exhibit. I believe God wants to exhibit his goodness, his glory, his mercy, his provisions for his people. And his people who are in the kingdom are meant to live out of that which God has provided. Nothing less. The world can't have the best and those in the kingdom doesn't have it. Just like we read in the book of Matthew chapter 6, the basic thing is, the method of acquiring or the process of getting these things, that's the difference. For the world is a struggle, but for God's kingdom is true grace and provision by God. Hallelujah. Somebody need to change his car. Can I hear an amen to that loud one? It's all part of the provision that God has made available. Oh, yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You could take that as a prophecy and let it work for you. Find a good prophet with it. You get some of the difference. Amen? Yeah. Okay. And, and I like this one. He he's ever merciful. You see, when I was reading this, I was just saying, God, help me. Because you see, he's ever merciful means he's ever ready to make provision for those who are in need. I'm just talking about you having surplus to be able to give to other people not begging not always asking for but you giving to people he's ever merciful <laughs> hallelujah okay further proof of this let's go to mark chapter 10 just tell us the kingdom is not lack the kingdom is not suffering the kingdom is not uh, oh well begging no 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 let's go down again to Mark 10, I'm going to be reading from 28 to 30. Bible says, Then Peter began to say unto him, speaking to Jesus, Lo, we have left all, and I follow thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, when you say very safe, truthfully, convincingly, I want to talk to you about this, there is no man that have left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake and the gospels. But he shall receive a hundredfold now. When? In this time. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands in addition persecution. <laughs> and in the world to come what? Eternal life. Hallelujah. Everything you ever miss in the world, you get hundredfold. Now, not tomorrow. So, you can't put your prosperity in the future. Jesus didn't promise that. Amen? And I like where he began from. Houses. So not one. Lands. Not one. 
Hallelujah. It means there is nothing you ever miss believing into God that God will deny you of. Nothing. So I want you to capture this. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. So what is it? It's not just spirit. It's all inclusive. Spirit and in the natural. Lands. Houses. Children. Now, now you see how a lot of pastors have so many children all over the world. My son, my son, my son. Eh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying here? Okay. So, capture that. It's very important. When we say the kingdom is not meat or drink, doesn't mean the kingdom is saying you don't have to own anything. This world is not my home. That's Jim Reef philosophy. Jim Reef philosophy is not scripture. Huh? The world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. That's Jim Reef philosophy. That is not Bible. You should be singing that. Amen. You are not just passing through. You are here to possess. He said dominate. He said have dominion. That's what the Bible said. He didn't say pass by. He said have dominion. So that Jim Reef philosophy is not scripture. He's a good guy. I love him. But that was one of his best hits so far. But he can't walk today. Because through knowledge, remember, through the knowledge of God, we are beginning to discover what God has made available for us. You never have this kind of understanding. So it's not, it's, not, it's not a message anymore, if at all it was. So here the Bible says, you get everything you ever miss in the world a hundredfold. Amen? Land, houses, and cows, and, and I don't care. It doesn't really mean anything. You just, get, just keep getting that's what the Bible says, hundredfold. I don't know what hundredfold means. What's the limit for hundredfold? Tell me. He said hundredfold. I don't know. So, two, maybe hundredfold for you. Fine. Somebody can make it three, whatever it is. Still hundredfold. Eh? Okay. Let's take another scripture. Just to still prove this fact. God wants us to live well. God wants us to have the best. Huh? I'm using Tokumbo every year. No, 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 man. Hallelujah. First Timothy 4. There is grace sufficient <laughs> to cause all this to abandon to us. Amen. First Timothy 4. Are we there together? I'm reading verse 8. First Timothy 4, verse number 8. Praise the Lord. For bodily exercise profited little. Going to gym profit, but little. There's nothing wrong registering with the gym. The Bible confirmed that gym, to go to the gym profit you something. Hmm? But godliness, our walking in godlikeness, is profitable unto what? How many things? Having the promises of the life that now is, and of that which is what? To come. All things now and that which is to come. Not tomorrow. I want you to see the emphasis of the now. Mark said now. Paul said now. Not tomorrow. Hallelujah. So from this uh, few passages we can see clearly that walking in the life of God brings you the benefit of life now. And all that is associated with it and also provide for the life that is to come. Both ways, the Lord has made provision for us to have all things that pertain to our well-being, 
both in this life and that which is to come. Amen? In other words, you do not miss out on anything now and in the future ages to come because of the sacrifice of Jesus. He provided for everything now and tomorrow. Can I hear an amen to that? So everything you ever need in life, everything you ever dream about in life. Now let me sound this clearly again. Don't expect less from God. Because if you do, you are abusing the wisdom of God who is supposed to provide for his own. Hallelujah. See, my thought towards you is sort of peace. Now you may have what? An expectant end. Now, if there is an expected end, that means you have to also walk in expectation. Hmm? So one of the things that draws from God is what? Expectation. And like I said, every, every child should expect the best from his father. And what you expect that forms your thoughts, your paradigm, is what also comes to you from the father. You draw from the father through your thinking, your expectation. So if you are expecting less from God, you are not only abusing his wisdom, you will not even get what is actually provided for, for you. So your expectation should be high. Amen? You should be doing business with high expectation. You should be thinking about life with high expectation. You can't think about finishing life the way you are now. No. Because he died and made provision for your life now and the life to come. He doesn't want you to miss out on anything or in any way. The best is yet to come. Can I hear an amen to that? And we're going to draw this with expectation from his presence. So the kingdom includes every good thing in this life. In fact, to us, it's an addition. We don't struggle to get the best of life. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. So we can see that the kingdom is not talking about the believers not having provisions of good things in this life. When Paul stated that the kingdom is not meat and drink, it's not, it doesn't mean you don't have to have the best of life. The kingdom therefore involves all necessary provisions of life. We are therefore meant to prosper being we are in the kingdom. Amen? It is God's desire that we live and enjoy all good things that even his sacrifice provided for, for humanity. So the next question is, what does it mean that meat and drink that the kingdom is not? Praise the living God. We've been able to establish this fact that God's provision in his kingdom is all that pertains to life and godliness, everything that you can ever imagine. It's meant for us to enjoy. So the question is, what is meat and drink that Paul says the kingdom is not? So get it right. Meat and drink, from what we've read so far, have nothing to do with provisions of life. Am I right? Good. What then is meat and drink? Let's get down to the background. Romans chapter 14. Romans 14. What is meat and drink that the kingdom is not? Because the kingdom includes the best in life. It includes everything you can ever imagine. That's what the kingdom is. Romans 14. Now, with that, I'm going to read verse 1. 
He that is weak in the faith, receive ye. But not to doubtful disputations. In other words, don't judge a person's doubtful thoughts about certain things. Just receive the people. Verse 2. For one believeth that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Amen. So I'm talking about some people who believe in vegetarianism. And the fail is a higher life. As compared to you, it meets or something. Is that all right? Verse 3. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Now, the background of the whole of this that Paul was writing about is the kind of contention of superiority of lifestyle or thoughts that was going on between the Gentiles who finally became believers and the Jewish people. Is that okay? The Gentiles who came in, most of them were kind of vegetarians. And they feel you don't need to eat meat. And the Jews said, no, you eat meat, but there are specific types of meat you eat. I'm going to make you see all of that the other time. I mean, as we progress, because I'm going to be treating this kind of series. Because if you go to Leviticus 11, you see the kind of meat that God says you eat and the way you must eat. It talks about eat the meat that chews the cord. And then don't eat the one that does not divide the feet. Like dog, something like that. He gave reasons why you must eat those things. You know. But basically, you know, the meat that chews cord, which he said you should eat, it's a clear indication of you receiving the word and meditating on the word. Because the animal, they choose cord, they eat all the grass, and they go back in the evening, they bring it out again and begin to walk. So when he say eat the meat that chews the cord, he's saying partake of the life of meditating on the word of God. But animal that doesn't chew cord, they don't eat that. Anyway, we'll come to that. Amen? Are you there with me? Some of you need to select me to eat now. Okay, so here he's talking about these two class of people. The Gentiles, man, you don't need to eat any meat. It's not good. Yeah, maybe because you have a lot of cholesterol or whatever. Don't eat. The Jews say, no, we have all class of meat that we eat. Others we don't eat, whatever, as the case may be. Amen? All right. So, Gentile is fled, despising the Jews who eat not flesh, but herbs. And then uh, the Jews were despising the Gentiles who were eating herbs and not eating meat. Is that okay? This is the background to Romans 14. That's what I'm bringing you into so that you can finally understand what Romans 14, 17 is talking about. Are we together? Okay. That's the beginning. And uh, find this again as a principle of scriptural interpretation. When you're reading the Bible, uh, try to see the sequence of understanding scriptures as to who the person is talking to, why he's making the statement that he's making. It gives you a clearer understanding of biblical interpretation. Is that okay? So, this is the background to the study. Now, the question is, what then is meat and drink? What then is meat and drink? Can we look at uh, Colossians 2? Colossians 2. Colossians 2. Let's look at it from 13 
down to 16. Colossians 2, down to 17, if you will. Colossians 2. Praise the Lord. Are we there now? Look at 18. And you be dead in your sins. Paul is writing to the Colossians. In your sins and your circumcision of your flesh, have they quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. How many? Okay. So don't let any man remind you of your trespasses. Eh? What is forgiven is forgiven. How many of you remember God said, I will not remember their iniquities no more? Did he say so? So whoever comes to remind you of your parents' iniquities is not preaching scriptures. Verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. What was the ordinances? The laws. And took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Now let me explain something here. Principalities and powers in the true sense is not talking about demons. Is that okay? If you follow the scripture in sequence from verse 14 to 15, you just understand the principalities and powers were the people that ordained the law. They were the angels that ordained the law in the hands of Moses. So if you look at the tabernacle, you're going to find that all the cuttings, just like this kind of design you find, they were actually inscribed with angels. Because the understanding is angels gave the law to Moses. And angels were seen to it that the laws were kept. Are you getting that? So when the Bible says it spoiled principalities and powers, what he's saying is what angels hold so dear. And because of that understanding, the Jews were also worshiping angels too. Are you getting that now? So he's saying God did all of that through Christ, nailed all of their powers which has to do with the laws, disarmed them, made a show of them. In other words, he got them out of place so that he can establish Christ as your head and not angels. Are you there with me? Okay, go down to verse number 16 now. Let no man therefore judge you in what? And what? And what? Respect of what? Holiday or of the new moon or of the what? Sabbath days. What is that trying to say here? Let no man judge you in meat and drink. Basically what he's saying, don't let your life be guided anymore by the ceremonial laws. Are you there? If you look at verse 7, they say, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of who? It's of Christ. Don't let your life be guided anymore by the ceremonial laws. So meat and drink in the true sense has to do with all the ordinances of the old scripture. Hallelujah. Now you're beginning to understand. I'm going to be dealing fully with it. What he's saying is when he says. 
The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. In a short statement of summary, if I may use the word, simply means the kingdom of God is not the same thing as the Old Testament. Is that okay? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but what? Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. Say now, the kingdom is not meat and drink. The kingdom is not about religion. The kingdom is not about tradition. The kingdom is not about what you used to do before as a Jewish man. It's not about what you eat and what you don't eat. It's about the life of God through the Holy Spirit. Are you getting this? Let's look. I'm going to do more about it, but let's go down to Hebrews chapter 5. Let me begin to show you some things. Hebrews chapter 5. I'm going to read from verse 12 to 14. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14. Now hear this. Paul is speaking to the Hebrews. The, the, the Hebrew believers now. If you take time to read the Bible, reading the book of Hebrews in particular, it's basically a comparison of the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's a comparison of the Levitical priesthood and the Melchizedek priesthood. Amen? You take time to read that. Like, as we progress, and I'm going to make you see, when you talk about the sacrifice of Jesus making us to get out of dead works to serve the living God. Have you read that before in the book of Hebrews? You'll be able to understand what are dead works. You see, we will talk about that, but let me say this. Dead works has to do with the fact that every animal that needs to be offered to the Lord, we have to be slaughtered. The whole ceremony of the Jewish order involves dead things that are offered. But in Romans, the Bible says, present your body as what? A living sacrifice. No longer dead animals. Are you getting this now? So it's a comparison of the Old Testament practice and the New Testament worship. So I'm going to make you see as we progress on this in relation to dead works and meat and drink. What the kingdom is not. It's not about dead works. It's not about meat and drinks. It's not about ceremonies. It's not about religion in any form. It's about the life of the Holy Spirit unveiling the righteousness of God, the joy of God, and the peace of God in your life. And the Bible says, He who serves God in these things is acceptable by God and approved of men. Hallelujah. Are we there in Hebrews 5? 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, who is he talking to? The Hebrew believers. You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And I become such I have need of milk and not of strong meat. Mm. <laughs> You'll be able to understand now as we progress what is meek, what is strong meat. 
Now what's it? For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. What is milk? Old Testament doctrine. The first principles, which are the first principles of the oracles of God. This is what you call milk in the Bible. He said, he that uses milk is unskillful in the world of what? Righteousness. Which means the word of Christ. The life of Christ. The life of the spirit. The life of the New Testament. The man that buries his head in the Old Testament principle is unskillful in the word of righteousness. He lives on milk and not meat. Are you understanding this? <laughs> It's about strong men belonging to them that are full age. Mm -hmm. They've grown up. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to design both good and what? And evil. I'll do my explanation my next week. Our time is a little bit against us. Now, I would like you, if you care, jump very quickly to Hebrews chapter 6 now and read for me what you find there. Somebody? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. If you are there, just read. Let me see. Therefore, living. Now, follow it. Therefore, living the principles mm -hmm, of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Okay? Not laying again. Fine. Go ahead. From what? Dead works. I want you to see that. Just You can stop there. From dead works mean the first principles involves what? Dead works. So what are dead works? Dead animals that are offered. Which has to do with knowing the first principle. I will explain better next, next week. If you look at Galatians, it tells you the same thing. That we are under the element of this world. Until the time I pointed. The element of this world were the first principles. Which means the first teachings that had to do with the Old Testament. That that shall not kill, that shall not do this, that shall not do that, don't do this, don't do that. You understand that? All the do's and don'ts and don'ts. Whatever. These were the first principles. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says this thing brings us into Christ. But when you come into Christ, you are coming to the place of maturity. You don't have need of those things anymore. In the sense that the Holy Spirit makes you to live the life that God wants. Did you get the point now? So when we say somebody is unskillful in the word of righteousness, we are saying the people who cannot present the gospel of Christ the way it should be for people to live the life of Christ, they are using milk and not meat. They are centered on dead works. Therefore, such church cannot come to the place of maturity. The regrown man cannot be manifested when you start using milk all the time. Are we still there? Many of us come to a place in our lives where the Holy Spirit be the one that controls us and leads us all the time, if you will. Our decision should be based on the decision of the Holy Spirit. Because for you to get the approval of God, you have to walk by his own dictate. And the dictate of God at this moment is the Holy Spirit. When we say the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, please begin to understand. 
It is not the issue of you can have the best of life. It's not the issue of you can have good clothing, you can have houses, you can have land, you can drive good cars. No, far from it. God is saying you can get all of these things, but it has nothing to do with religion. Especially Old Testament principle. But there are life in those things which you apply. You see, he said there are shadows, like Colossians 2 says, there are shadows of things to come. Amen? And I believe you can look into a shadow and see the real thing. But God is not intending you to stay on the shadow. He wants you to get the real thing. But we do know that the shadow leads us to the real thing. So, the unskillfulness, the word of righteousness, are the people that stays on the shadow without getting the real thing. And as long as you stay on the shadow, you can come to the place of maturity. Are we still there together? And this is what the scripture is making us to understand, which we are going to be dealing with in the next few weeks now, from now. I want you to see it clearly, that God intends us to live well, have abundance, live the best you can. No two ways about that. God can bless you beyond your widest imagination. Can I hear an amen to that? So being in the kingdom is not synonymous to poverty. It's not synonymous to begging because David will say, I was young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous seed begging bread. No. In fact, he said they are merciful always ever lending to those who are in need. Shows that he who comes to the kingdom in the true sense of it is meant to live in abundance. We need to seek his wisdom. We need to seek his understanding. And God will make all the provisions available. Hallelujah. For further information and message order, please call plus 234-803-481869. Or you can visit our website at www.gkai.net. God bless you.